0: Nikita kolov the russian nightmare no the devil's nightmare here from it's time to man up challenging men to step into their true manhood your chosen truth network podcast is starting in just a few seconds enjoy it share it but most of all thank you for listening to the truth podcast network this is the truth network
1: Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together, we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. Wow, what a treat we have for you today. We... Um, have a returning guest with us. And I've been excited about this show since he was on the first time. And so I quickly scheduled him again. And he had this idea that I thought was brilliant. And uh, so I went with it. And the idea of it is we're, we're having our returning guest is Rabbi Matthew Pon- Ponak. Did I do it right? Matthew, did I get it right this time? Yes, yes. All right, Rabbi Matthew Ponak. And today we're going to play Ask the Rabbi. I mean, how fun is that? So you've had these questions you always wondered about um, the Jewish faith, about the way they celebrate certain things, about the way thir- certain things happen. Well, you can join me. Of course, I'm going to get in plenty of questions, but we would love to have your question 866 348 Seven eight eight four eight six six three four. 866 34 truth is the number to call in and share. Again, Rabbi, we are so delighted to have you back and so excited to dig into some good questions.
2: Thanks. I really appreciate being on the show again, Robbie. It's good to speak with you again.
1: Oh, yeah. And you live in California, right?
2: I live on the West Coast in Canada. Oh, in, really? Uh, a city called Victoria, British Columbia.
1: I did not know. Oh, Oh, is that a beautiful place to... I went salmon fishing there one time.
2: It's a really lovely spot, yeah. Uh, Beautiful oceans and mountains and forests. It's it's quite a, yeah, a really almost sacred part of the world, I I find.
1: Oh, it really is. And we used to, um, when we would catch these, I guess they were cod or something, if you threw them up in the air, the, the eagles would swoop down off the... Have you ever seen that? And get the cod before they ever hit the water.
2: I haven't seen that in particular but we have a lot of bald eagles around here.
1: And I I've never forgotten oh man the eagles in Vancouver. Um just absolutely spectacular place to live. I'm jealous, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, I know you got questions. We've got answers. You've got to call us 866-348 7884. And you might guess, Rabbi, that we got it. We're going to just go ahead and get these riddles right, up, you know, going, because, you know, speaking me. of ask. Yeah, All
2: ahead.
1: Right. Oh, I've, I, here we go. So you're wondering about these ask riddles, I'm sure. So here we go. My wife asked me you know who my favorite vampire was. Do you believe that, uh, Richard? Ah, she did. Oh, we went right into that, right? Very good. My wife asked me who my favorite vampire is. Do you believe it? Sure, you do. And I told her the one from Sesame Street. And she said that doesn't count. You know what I told her? What'd you tell her? I said, oh, he sure does. <laughs> Ah, Richard, I can see you're not a Sesame Seat fan A Sesame Street. Wrong generation, I guess. I try. But- count Dracula on Sesame Street, he taught kids how to count. Okay, uh, it was uh, Count Dracula. Yeah, there you go. I All have right. Barney. I hate it when I have to explain, but it's okay. <laughs> so my daughter asked me what do ballerinos wear, but it required math skills. Do you know why, Christian? You got any idea? He's, he he was he was paying attention to something else. My daughter asked me what ballerinas wear, and I told her that requires math skills. Do you know why? Uh, two plus two. You got it. <laughs> you got to put two 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 and two together.
2: I saw the. You got I didn't see any. Wait Goku, a he's got On your toes. Wait a minute. Time
1: out. Time out. He didn't uh, even pay attention. He got it right. <laughs> Did he do that, it could happen. I like the, the rabbi's answer. She had to be on her toes to get that, too. By the oh, way, that is good, yeah, <clears throat> yeah there you that's go. very good. He didn't dance around the question, he just went right to it. All right, so, <laughs> so Tammy asked me while I was with why I was whispering, you know, and I told her that Mark Zuckerberg might be listening. You know, what happened? What happened? She laughed and then Siri laughed and then Alexa laughed. <laughs> and uh, there too. you go. And I know Dan, that was listening to the show up in Portland, would love this question. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not airing this right now, but you guys got it. So, what do candy bars say when you ask them for their por- pronouns? You know, that's the old thing in schools today. They ask you for your pronouns. What did the candy bar say? What? You got any idea, Rabbi? This this was right. It, have you heard of this?
2: Uh, yes, I. am not sure. I don't. I, the answer. I just. I, I'll, I'll await your your brilliant punchline. <laughs> I, can't, I can't predict. This.
1: <laughs> it's coming. Her. She. i'm applauding that one (laughs) hershey yeah i knew dan would like that one wouldn't he i think he would and so you know what do you tell the child who wants a chemistry set to make chloroform that one's pretty good don't you think come on we haven't we (laughs) we haven't got greg into this i I don't know greg i know you know this i I have what do you tell your child when they want a chemistry set to make chloroform this will work every time just tell them Sure, knock yourself out. (laughs) 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 It'll get them. I'm going to tell them that as soon as I get home. I'm telling (laughs) them that one. And so you knew at the end of that I would actually have a riddle, and I tried to to get a a thoroughly Jewish riddle for you today, something that would make you think that we could really get a cool answer from. I'm excited to hear um, the rabbi's answer to it. So the little dinosaur uh, asked where they would hold his bar mitzvah. I don't know if you've heard of this, but that's that's what happened. And uh, of course, the parent dinosaur. You know what they what they told him, Rabbi?
2: A little dinosaur. Uh I have bar mitzvah jokes, but uh, this one is is a new
1: one. Oh, good, I, good. The, I got there. You go. Well, he he said. There's parents actually. They told him that we always use Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was a great era, paleontology. <laughs> That's good. I like that. So, who was the first? Here's the actual riddle to call in and win, and we we're, we're going to uh, do this here when we get to the, um, you know, you calling in, and you can not only ask your question but you can answer. Who was the first child in the Bible to illustrate the concept of the bar? Mitzvah. This is actually a very educational question, in my opinion. Who was the first child in the Bible to illustrate the bar mitzvah? And if you can answer that, Christian, tell them what they'll win. They're gonna win a fabulous prize pack from the King of Pursuits Prize Vault. And we have some books. Oh my goodness, do we have books? And we have that. Let's never forget the the Christian bead back scratcher. You can just tell him you want that. I still have it. And I've been waiting to give it away. for. A long time. God's got your back. Robbie. <laughs> so who was the first child in the Bible to illustrate the bar mitzvah? I know you're, you're salivating the answer to that question, right? Right. Uh, right. Past a uh, rabbi.
2: Uh, Well, I I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, I know. uh, I'm I'm interested to see uh, what's what's, what's brought up.
1: Okay, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH is a number to call in and share again. Who was the first child in the Bible to illustrate the concept of the bar mitzvah? And that word mitzvah... Is a significant word, right? It's, it's especially if you love the 119 Psalm, right, Rabbi? And so, help our listeners uh, because the idea of mitzvah, Jew, Jewish folks see it completely different, I think, and most Christians just think the word means commandment, but it means so much more than that, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. Well, the the word literally in in the Bible is translated pretty well as commandment, and the way it's understood in a lot of Jewish writings, a lot of Jewish wisdom, it's really about a relationship. And it's an opportunity to be connecting with God. So we could say that having a wedding, you know, that could, you could call that a commandment, right? And so when people are getting married, Ooh. it's also an opportunity to connect
1: oh, with each I, other. I right? You we... can think about... I hate we got to go to a break, um, Rabbi, but that is an amazing answer to that question. (laughs) You kind of shocked me with that one. That is too cool. So, when we come back, we've got all sorts of folks calling in, and I'm excited to hear all that. And we got a lot more with Rabbi Matthew Panak. You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Your Truth for Today. I mean, your kingdom pursuit. <laughs> what a fun morning we're having today. Oh, my goodness. We have back with us Rabbi, Rabbi Matthew Ponak. And uh, he wrote the book Embodied Kabbalah. Well, he wrote several books, but this is one he just came out with, which is spectacular. And we've got a bunch of callers coming in. I'm very excited about that. But before we do that, I, I, you had done such an amazing job of explaining the concept of commandment slash mitzvah um, that it's it's like a marriage, right? And I, I want you to finish yes. that thought because it was absolutely and, beautiful.
2: And if we think about a marriage, you know, there's times of year for a lot of people that could be an anniversary or it could be Valentine's Day, but there's ways in which you could think of those as things you have to do in a marriage, but really they're opportunities to be... Connecting, and so in the same sense, uh, the the idea of a commandment, I guess in English, sort of or without interpretation, could sound kind of strict or harsh. But the I think in the best sense, it's it's a chance to be relating to God, and uh, there's opportunities in every day, oh, wow. I know. Uh, every I know. season.
1: Now yeah, it's it's if if you love me, you're going to obey me, right? Along yeah, uh, a, a, along those lines, like you know if you love your dad <laughs> you know you're going to certainly have a whole lot better relationship with him if you know you don't do something you know would hurt him right
2: so yes and i also uh, there's a lot of flexibility within that system too it's not a it's not a yes or no it's uh, it's not a necessarily there's a lot of choice and and certainly jewish people today uh there's a great diversity on how people relate to these to these mitzvahs and so Uh, Yeah, there's some people it's more about listening and obeying, certainly, but there's a lot of people who see them as opportunities or we're going to find their own way through the the various options within the tradition.
1: That is just beautiful. I love that answer. Oh, I'm so glad I asked the question. Okay, so we have Jody. Oh, before I go into all these Riddlers, because I'm so grateful, we got Jody, Annie, and David that are all calling in. So for you guys, if Jody happens to get your answer, please, 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 please stay on the line. Cause I still want to talk to you. We still want to get you a prize. Do not worry that she may have the same answer you had, or if she's got a different one, you know, everybody wins on Kingdom Pursuits. It's just the way we do things. And we definitely want to talk to all of you. So stay on the line with me, no matter what Jody says. So we do have Jody and she called in first and she's in Eden of all places. <laughs> so Jody, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Good
0: morning.
1: So what, who was the first child, in your view, to kind of illustrate the idea of the bar mitzvah?
0: Um, I'm going to guess Isaac, since he was the first Jewish child born under the circumcision.
1: Isn't that beautiful? And you couldn't be more right, because it's actually, bar is sort of the idea of son, and son of the commandment, and, and that fits perfectly, doesn't it, Rabbi?
2: Yes, that is a good answer. I, I was going to see where you were going with that because there's a lot of things that could be said on this topic, but I, I personally will accept this answer for <laughs>
1: Isaac. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> oh, good. We have more coming, though, Jody. So no doubt I'm going to put you back on hold so they can get your information. And I'm so grateful for you calling in, but before I put you on hold, did you have a question for the rabbi? You always wanted oh, to ask, no but were afraid to, you know, whatever that was, like, man, why do you guys do this or... You know, why do you crush the glass? What's the deal with that? Or whatever you got.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, that's a good question. I have a ton of questions I guess I could ask, but uh, we'll go with that one. (laughs) All right. Why do you crush the glass?
1: (laughs) Why do they crush the glass, Rabbi?
2: Well, uh, one of the most common answers that's given to that, uh, explanations for that ritual is that our world is not yet Whole, we haven't we haven't really completed all our work here, and so even in times of great joy at a wedding, there's a remembrance of the work that's yet to be done.
1: Wow! wow. And
0: what is truly the first of the year? Is it in the spring or, or in the, the
2: fall? <laughs> well, that's a debated uh, question, actually, in our in our literature, but biblically, okay. it is the spring and then in the rabbinic era starting about 2000 years ago it gets really the main new year becomes in the fall and there's there's actually okay. there's a new year of the trees that happens in around january february there's there's several new years but the main answer these days is in the fall
1: that's wonderful thank you thank you for those were great questions jody way to go thanks jody god bless i appreciate you calling in so much i'm going to put you back on hold okay. we got annie is in springfield ohio so, Annie, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Are you still with us, Annie, or you were going to say Isaac? And Oh, I was afraid of that. <laughs> well, we lost Annie, but hopefully we still got David, who's in Kernersville, North Carolina. And, David, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. How are you? I am terrific. I'm very excited to hear what you have. Uh, well,
0: she definitely got my answer. It was definitely uh, Isaac. Um, from uh, Abraham's son, because uh, I know in Genesis 21 it talks about uh, weaning of him on his um, when he was going into his adulthood.
1: Great answer, David. Just absolutely great. But uh, and and so definitely, I can personally hand you some stuff out of the Kingdom Pursuits Prize Vault next time I see you. I didn't realize that it was this David, but now that I hear your voice, I know yep. the David that this is. But while we got you know Rabbi Ponak with us Ponak. I'm going to say it right eventually. Um
2: what <laughs> you got this.
1: What what would you what how would you have answered that question before you heard from our listeners?
2: I would have said that the notion of bar mitzvah didn't emerge within Judaism until the Middle Ages. And people look back in history and try to find it, but to my knowledge, the bar mitzvah ceremony began in around the twelve hundreds in Central Europe, as really? was sort of like. And people kind of looked back and looked for sources that came earlier, but in my opinion, the, there were no biblical figures who were doing the ceremony.
1: That's interesting, and and how do you feel about it these days?
2: Me personally yeah you yeah i mean i if, if I think that kids ought to find ways in general to learn about life before things get real, and I think a uh, bar or a but mitzvah or a b'nai mitzvah ceremony can be a tremendously good opportunity for that i I think it's really important for people to find uh, the balance between. Sort of what their tradition is saying, so to speak, and what's really needed for today, and and if those two things can be interwoven, it, it's a really it's a really good opportunity for learning and maturation.
1: And, and so, just to follow up a little bit, um, what what would a normal bar mitzvah? What would the what would the young man need to learn, or what what would be the steps to him getting that ceremony?
2: Sure. Um, well, and and to be clear, these days, and this is this is, goes back uh, more than a hundred years at this point. Uh, there are uh, the same ceremony uh, for girls as well, and uh, well, it's, it's got a different name, but these days the whole, either one is just called a B'nai Mitzvah often. And what they're doing is they're getting trained in Hebrew, uh, getting trained in sort of like ritual prayer leadership or chanting. There's occasions for them to be actually doing works of charity or kindness in the community as part of that. They're learning how to write a speech and give a speech and it all culminates with that day when they're essentially leading the congregation uh, either in in chanting the torah in its original language out loud or in uh, in prayer and giving, you know, passing on wisdom that they've learned in their in their training.
1: Well, I don't know if you've ever um read the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge or you're familiar with his work at all but you know, he he teaches us about young men that have a desire um to know that they have what it takes to be a man. Right. Um, and and that, you know, we're all kind of looking for acceptance (laughs) and to feel like, you know, that to, to some extent, especially from a man to pass on to a man, uh, you know, I imagine you went through that process and what did it feel like to, to enter the group of men in, in your community?
2: Well, uh, just to be totally honest, I at that age didn't see it in such a deep way as you're describing, Robbie.
1: Oh, I, I understand.
2: Was, yeah, I was I was excited the 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 big thing that that a lot of us looked forward to at that age was the opportunity to have a big party with all of our friends afterwards <laughs> well, and that's... there were presents involved and and I you know I learned a lot and looking back that was my first real public speaking experience that was my first opportunity to craft a speech and to and to stand up in front of hundreds of people and it was, felt really vulnerable and it was good training in that sense but in the moment they sort of it was it was a reward based, uh, anticipation for me, uh, at that, at that time in my life.
1: Oh, I love, I love honest answers. <laughs> I, I really, really do. So David, while I got you on the phone, if you're still with us, have you got a yeah. question for the rabbi? Uh,
0: yeah, I wanted to know. So, um, there's a, and, and I, um, we just asked a question about, um, the wedding, but I had a question. There's a, a customary, Item that they eat um, after the ceremony is called the golden soup. Uh, I don't really know what it is, but that's what I, I want to ask if he could explain to maybe what the golden soup was.
1: I've never heard of that one. Good one, Bob. Good one. David.
2: I I have not heard of that one either. <laughs> 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 and so I I I will say the the time when uh, usually the couple is going to be eating afterwards. There's a there's a tradition called yichud, which is you could say it's. Being alone or uh, seclusion, and it happens right after the ceremony. And though in older times perhaps it was the moment of first intimacy or something like that, these days mostly it's a time for the couple to eat, eat together and have a bit of nourishment and just spend a little bit of time together before they go to the reception because for anyone who's been at their own wedding reception or really any event where they're the star of the show, it's very hard to eat at those. host. Uh, that's exactly true. Up. And so that is – it's a special – I've never heard it called the golden soup, but there is something uh, – and it, it can be any food, really, but it's often a little sample from the reception banquet. And they, they actually just get to enjoy and rest and, and be in each other's company before they present themselves Great as, as a Great question,
1: couple. David. we got to go to a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And oh, what a treat. I mean, seriously, huge for many of us today. We have back with us um, Rabbi Matthew Ponak, who um, wrote the book Embodied Kabbalah. But today we're playing Ask the Rabbi, or you could even say Ask the Great Ponak." that sounds like a great idea so yeah very good so we have David in Kernersville was not finished with his questions he has more and so David I'm very very curious Uh, you've got more questions so hopefully we got more answers
0: yeah yeah for sure I I don't know how to um, you might have to help me Robbie with the pronunciation of it because I don't know it but I know it's the um uh what is it? The seven blessings during the wedding? Uh, the, yeah. Uh, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can Google it and know, but I kind of wanted a, a little bit more um, context on it versus what, you know, I'm going to find on the internet, of
2: course. So you're asking what that, what that's about? Yes. If, essentially. Well, there are several sort of sections of a traditional Jewish wedding, and the number seven occurs a few times, and in fact, last time I was on this show, there was a, a, a riddle about seven circles in, at, at the wedding as well, and seven is often a, a symbolic number of completeness, and we think about the seven days of creation, for example, and uh, the creation of the world that's happening between the, the, the couple, that they're actually creating something new in the world through this wedding, so that's one of the symbolic elements, but essentially it's, it's an honor for someone to be able to recite these blessings. Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's seven different people, and, and there's melodies that are involved, but you're, you're acknowledging that God, you're saying, blessed are you God, you know, and for creating the fruit of the vine, there's a blessing over wine, there's a blessing essentially for God who has created everything for the sake of the glory of God, Uh, There's a blessing for God who creates human beings and God who has created humans in God's likeness. And then that's four. And then the the fifth has to do with bringing joy to us. Essentially, it's a blessing for joy and uh, a a blessing specifically for the couple, for their joy. And then lastly, it is the, the last blessing is this recitation of all these different kinds of joy and gladness and love and song and delight. And what happens at the wedding when that's recited, it's, it, it can be a very joyous moment. And it's, it's basically you're raining down blessings on this couple. And the tradition is, in fact, that, that on someone's wedding day, they are in a particularly good place to bless others and so it's common for people to go up to the newlyweds and ask them for blessings and it's seen that they are in yes but in a very connected place where they can actually bless others in a higher way than is normal
1: so along those lines i i think well i still got you david you know that the whole idea of the word blessing in hebrew is worth digging into a little bit right that yep. it's a huge deal to receive a blessing,
2: and and yes, and to say a blessing, yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it's under one of the ways that one of the interpretations of the word the word in Hebrew is baruch often or brecha, and it's connected to this idea that there's sort of a you're tapping into the the spiritual source, and if someone can be connected to God in that moment, it's like there being a a channel or a, you could say a river upon which that that light can flow. And can help eat, help other people it can it can gladden the meal it can it can bring more honor and holiness to an occasion and it's really about being that that connecting point between spirit and earth
1: that's so wonderful well thank awesome. you David for those questions wonderful yeah. I appreciate you calling you. in very much and so yeah, I no problem thank you thank you so what are your questions you know here's your chance we this is this has been an amazing time and it'd be more amazing if you come with your question eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four what you always want to ask. Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. So I have another question as you might guess, Rabbi <laughs> Please. Yeah, go ahead, Robbie. So, so I know for most Christians we look at the plagues of Egypt and you know that the, the the one plague that, that you guys well at least when I hear a lot of lectures on the plagues that is completely different then the plague that we normally hear about is the one where you guys talk about this whole horde of horrible animals that come. But you know, for us it's the plague of flies. And so there, what, there's a big contrast right there. And, and I, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I I hope you do.
2: I do. Yeah. And I am, I am, I did not realize that there was such a difference there. And, uh, I'm just, trying to find the exact verse here so I can look at the Hebrew. You don't have to have that handy, do you, Robbie?
1: I know it's right there. It better be, what, Exodus 7, 8, somewhere in there. But, you know, essentially, you know, I studied the Hebrew a lot because you may know that's one of my favorite things to do is is study Hebrew letters and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was really, really cool when I hear lectures from Jewish rabbis about this plague of, you know, how they perceive it versus, you know, just this idea of flies coming upon us. Like, man, that just doesn't have near the punch <laughs> as all these diverse animals. Um, and, and, you know, that was, I was just wondering if you had experienced that. Anybody ever asked you that before or you ever saw it before or thought about it?
2: No, I, I actually, uh, are, you, are you referring to um, Exodus 8? here where it's saying uh where have where have it where <laughs> right here so um so one translation here is in, you know and god did so and heavy swarms of insects invaded pharaoh's palace and the house of his courtiers is that that's the uh
1: exactly Arov? that's yeah so that's and and it, so i have it, a tendency to want to listen to um rabbi kaplan out of um he's in canada as well um out of Chabad.org. Are you familiar? It might with even
2: be there's, there's a few Rabbi Kaplan's around, but he might be in my yeah. Local I bet there are. <laughs> <as well.
1: laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But you anyway,
2: know, the, the literal translation here really is simply heavy swarms, something like that. Exactly. And it, and it, then it says to Pharaoh's house, and it actually doesn't say explicitly what the nature of these swarms were. And so that sounds like it's up to interpretation.
1: So when you guys do a Passover Seder or something like that, and you're, and you're reciting, I love the way you do it, um, the different plagues, and do, do you do it where you pour a little bit of wine every time you recite the plagues?
2: We do, yeah. And and we say it in Hebrew. <laughs> so, uh,
1: I'll bet you do. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, yeah, so there's no... Um, the, yeah, the, the differentiation you're speaking of it, it could simply be look when there's uh, untranslate or like when there's not a clear answer, different translations are going to say different things. It might be as simple as that. And I I'm looking at what's called the new JPS translation here in front of me, and it's it says heavy swarms of insects, which is not so so different than what than what you're saying. Right. And I would imagine that if you're hearing another version of that. It may well be uh, from, a, it's, it's an interpretation that's given, what's called a midrash. Right. That someone is, is looking backwards in time and saying, oh, well, it was said it's a swarm, and what it really meant was, you know, that kind of thing. And it's uh, there's uh, many different ways of understanding uh, these passages through different kinds of interpretations.
1: Right, right. And so when I was listening to this particular um, sermon, or whatever you want to, you know, however it was he, was, he was talking about that these were swarms and, you know, it was clear when I started to study it that there were other people that had that same view. But whatever it was, I, I couldn't agree with you more that here's something that seems uncontrollable coming at you. And, it, you know, when we think about a swarm of flies, I, I don't think we even begin to have a picture of what the Egyptians were experiencing don't, during those plagues. Like this was overwhelming. It was destroying their country, their, their lifeblood, so to speak, right? So again, yeah, it was
2: a plague. <laughs> it was not a, not, not a few flies buzzing around or whatever whatever it was. It was, it was very, very irritating and difficult and, and overwhelming.
1: So we will be right back, which gives you time to call in at 866 348 7884. 866 34 Truth. When we come back, we're playing Ask the Rabbi. You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. We're having so much really just a blast today. I hope you are. And this is your last chance, man. We don't have but a couple more minutes, so you call us, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. It's your chance to ask the great Ponak, Rabbi Matthew Ponak. <laughs> 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 so we have Richard is in Winston-Salem. And Richard, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. What you got? Hey, um,
0: I was calling just to ask. There's been a lot of conversations about... Uh, medical Western circumcision, and a lot of the rebuttals is that Jewish culture does circumcision. And I was also explaining that it's
2: two different types of circumcision. Is that true? Uh, uh, I just want to clarify your question. Are you asking if if circumcision is part of Jewish ritual, and also if it's like a different type than a medical circumcision?
0: Yeah, like, uh, whereas in... Some people would say that medical circumcision is the same as Jewish circumcision, but I was under the influence that it is not the same.
2: Ah, well, different families these days are going to be making different choices around around that, exactly the nature of the procedure. But I guess if I could give you a traditional answer, so to speak, it would be that the difference is that a Jewish circumcision is done in a ceremonial context. And theres particular blessings involved, and there's there's a way of doing it that might in in some cases today definitely overlap with a medical procedure, but a medical procedure I mean most people are not bringing you know prayers and ritual customs and you know those kinds of things into a hospital for for let's say just a purely uh, medical procedure but in in a, a yeah traditional Jewish procedure it is it's I think essentially the same procedure, but it's Surrounded in uh, more, I guess, religious customs.
1: So you know, that's so you. The way you would say that is a Brit Milah, right?
2: Brit Milah, yep.
1: And is the is the
2: Hebrew. Uh, and so, Hebrew could metaphor, you yes.
1: share with us kind of, you know, the, what you feel is the significance of a Brit Milah?
2: Well, it it is the just about the, the oldest, most explicit mitzvah, the oldest, most explicit commandment or way of connecting in, in the Bible. And it goes back to Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael as well. And it is uh, connected with, in that context, being a part of the people of Israel and being uh, having a, this relationship to God. And it's a way that uh, Jewish boys have been brought into the, the fold, so to speak, since time immemorial. Uh, it's a, it's a very closely held tradition uh, to this day and in a day of a lot of sort of religious flexibility it's one of the customs that has stayed the most consistent uh, throughout the ages
1: oh I absolutely love your question Richard that's just spectacular thank you so much I really appreciate you calling in buddy God bless right, you still got time 866-348-7884 to get that question in 866-34-TRUTH I love 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 the way you brought that together Rabbi with the idea of the mitzvah, the first mitzvah, with this connection that, that that, um, and it seems like that, you know, I've heard some sermons that King David, obviously you, you, uh, there's a whole lot about circumcision when it came to, comes to King David, but I understand that he really, really cherished it. In some of the Psalms, he was speaking specifically of that mitzvah, how he, how he felt connected to God through that.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been, you know, a fairly often uh reflected upon uh point of connection and mitzvah throughout the ages. Uh yeah, you'll you'll find it. It's I mean, it's fairly central in a lot of in a lot of the writings of the Bible. I mean, even even referring to the Philistines in uh, the Book of Judges, for example, is the uncircumcised ones and stuff like that. It was, it was a, a pretty important part of identity even way back then. And I, I, if I may, Robbie, I want to go back to a topic just from before the break about the, the swarms or the, the animals versus the insects. I have another source here I found that it goes back just about 2,000 years. There's a debate so, Judaism is so much about discussion and, and dialogue and, and kind of holy disagreement, if you will. And so, we, we often have multiple answers to a lot of important questions, and that's, that's part of what it means to be Jewish, is having these, you know, dialogues. And there's two rabbis. Rabbi Yehuda says, well, Arov, which you could also translate as mixture, was like a mixture, meaning a mixture of animals, so there were beasts and there were all kinds of things. And Rabbi Nehemiah says, well, they were a mixture of insects. And this is this is from a midrash going back about two thousand years. So that's probably the, the one of the oldest sources about this disagreement that you've found.
1: That's cool. That really is. Well we have David is in Burlington. We hopefully can get this question in real quick. David, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning.
2: Real good morning. Uh Rabbi, could you explain the Jewish understanding of Sheol, the definition of Sheol, and what it means from a Jewish perspective. Ah, uh, Sheol, like the, the pit. Uh, is it op- yes, it's sure. often translated. So it's not a word that's used much anymore when people talk about the afterlife in, in Judaism. But biblically, it's, it probably refers to some kind of underworld or afterlife uh, context. There's really not much explicit description about it. But it's, I, I understand it is a place where the ancestors dwell, so to speak, where uh, where people are going and it's not a place of negativity or positivity even. It's oh, just I hate the world. show
1: is coming to an end. David, that is an awesome question. We're just going to have to have Rabbi back on because we've we got to talk about the sons of Korah when it comes to this whole idea. So I know we got a lot of stuff <laughs> coming your way for the great Ponak. <laughs> Thank you. So I just can't tell you what it means to all of us, Rabbi, that you would give us another Saturday and hopefully we can do it again soon. <coughs>